Hey there! Welcome to First, a podcast where two buds talk trash about how their favorite shows begin. We're the two buds. I'm Alex. And I'm Ethan. This week, we watch some TV. Weird. What? Mm, go figure. How do we watch TV here? How about that? And, okay, I, I don't think we really mentioned this. Maybe we did. If we did, it was months ago. But when you and I sat down to watch, like, list out the shows that we have watched, that haven't watched, want to watch, and trying to do this a cross-reference thing to figure out what we can recommend to each other, because for us, it's a lot harder, because we watch a healthy amount of TV. A lot of TV, yeah. <laughs> that uh, I was really <clears throat> excited to see that you also had shows that you wanted to watch and that you were suggesting that were female prevalent, whether it was writers, mm-hmm. directors, characters, stories. And it wasn't all of it, but it was just, it was refreshing to see that amount because i was like okay well if you're interested in that kind of content i have stuff for you yep and i think out of our entire season we have two or three episodes that get to highlight those elements and this is one of those episodes yeah i i like to think of this as the cartman women can be funny pal get over (laughs) it i i ended up recommending to you good girls which I will be honest, I found on a fluke. I think it was when the first season really? came out, and I really mm-hmm. like crime shows. In particular, anything within the line of the show Weeds, because I used to love Weeds. Ah, uh, Weeds, yeah. That's a classic one. It is one. classic. I don't think I ever finished that show, but... You don't need to. I don't think I ever watched the last season either, but... Yeah. Uh, in its heyday, it was good. Mm-hmm. First few seasons, great television. Wonderful television. Good show time. I think it gets the same... Breaking Bad got the same treatment, but that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> Us talking about a, weeds. That's a whole other discussion. <laughs> but when I saw it on, on Netflix, I was like, oh, this looks interesting. And then, you know, two days later, it was done. Yep. So, um, and, and behold. Yeah, so I'm glad that I was able to recommend it to you to watch Good Girls. Yeah, yeah I'm glad too. It's interesting that it's like network television. I feel like, you know, anymore nowadays, like based off of what gets streamed or out is a out, it's always like, kind of a little bit different still seeing network television still being developed and everything like that and still kind of i don't want to say being prevalent because it's still there for an obvious reason but most shows go direct directly to a streaming service or they're doing a bunch of original shows so it's interesting that this is like i said one of the big three networks of american television well it's weird that it started off in netflix and then got picked up by network yep exactly I don't know any other shows that have done that. No, it's interesting. Um, And then the show I gave you uh, is a pretty funny show, in my opinion, uh, called Working Moms. And I believe that was the opposite end, where it was, I think, streamed directly to things. But it does have its own, like, network availability now on television. I just, when I was looking up some stats about it, I'm like, oh shit, there's four seasons. This came out in 2017. How, How have I been sleeping on this, more importantly? Yeah. I was... Mm. Okay, before watching it, which we'll get more into later, I was just like, okay, great, it's going to be some kind of sitcom with women prevalent. Mm-hmm. I say that like, I'm so glad that you want to watch women's stuff. I fucking <laughs> usually hate women's stuff, so it's like that. <sighs> I hate being pandered to. That's the yeah. big thing, yeah. is is pandered women writing, I don't like. Mm-hmm. But usually stuff written by women for women tends to be pretty good. Right. So I was like, I'm not sure. I think maybe the concern was I had heard a lot of men enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Now I'm like, okay, is it really a good? Mm-hmm. Is it really good, or is it just a more clickbaity or something in that sense? Or like, what's attracting all these guys to it? And I'll talk more about that. But I was oh, pleasantly man. surprised. Yeah, 
But I think um, this is one of our rare episodes, too, where we have a pretty big gap as far as time of episode. Mm-hmm. Ethan's episode was about an hour long. Mine's barely over 20 minutes. Yeah. So, Ethan? <laughs> Let's dig into the meat of it first, shall we? Yes. Uh, sucker. Uh-huh. Hear it. Oh, man. Uh, I have to go first on first. Go figure. Oh. Uh, all right. So, yeah, uh, Good Girls. The pilot episode actually came out back in 2018. So they're up to four seasons now. So I guess it's doing good. The basic premise of it is we've got three suburban moms that have completely different lives from each other, but they're all struggling in some form or another. So they decide to rob a bank or they decide to just commit robberies. So the first scene we have is we see one mother getting ready for the day, getting the kids fed and everything like that, making, you know, she's being the perfect like Stepford wife. She's getting the kids ready for school, giving them lunch bags and everything like that. Meets up with the other two friends and it turns out they're going to rob a grocery store. Now, it looks like they've done this before, but then I was soon corrected and then they were like, oh, two weeks earlier. So there's a lot more time skipping they kind of jump back and forth a little bit for the first half of the show i want to interrupt you almost immediately Mm -hmm. because the big selling point for me for the show was the cast yes let's break that down i'll break that down real quick because okay i'm gonna you know gush about a couple of these people at at some point so first off the first wife we saw was christina hendricks she plays the main lead in this beth boland and then we have may whitman one of my favorite actresses she's amazing and then we have uh, Retta. She plays Ruby. It's like a good like trinity of mothers because we see how they interact with each of their kids or with each of their family setups, and it's great. We have a couple of other people that I'll list down the line, but those are the big three moms that we got introduced right away. With Beth Boland, Christina Hendricks' character, she's like the Miss Perfect wife. Like, how does she do it? You know, she's got... The husband, they've got the perfect house, four kids. She's on top of being like the house mom and stuff like that. So she does a really good job. She, you know, gives all the kids their lunches and then she's meeting up. Then we cut over to Retta. Like the beginning of this is there's a voiceover with Ruby Hill's daughter. And she is, you know, basically giving a speech about breaking down the patriarchy and like how we're going to burn this mother effort down (laughs) and tries to actually burn down like a book or something like that. The daughter's on oxygen, so the teacher immediately grabs the lighter away from her. But the mom and the dad are there and they're just like hooping and hollering. They're cheering. They're the two parents that are like, yeah, that's my baby. She's, she's, you know, preaching, you know. The husband for Ruby is he's a security guard or he's a he's some form of security guard or some type of law enforcement. He's working a shift and then Ruby's pulling a double, but the double's actually her going to go rob a grocery store, apparently. Then we got Mae Whitman. She's Annie Marks. Apparently, Beth and Annie are sisters. I didn't get that at like the first scene because they call each other sister. And I was like, yeah, sisters. And then they're like, no, literally sisters. And I was like, OK, cool. We didn't get a whole lot about her first. That happens in the flashback. She actually works at the grocery store they're robbing, so she's kind of like the informant or has all the intel on it. She has a daughter named Sadie, and so we kind of see Annie, out of the three of them, is probably the most financially strained from where she is. She has a clunker of a vehicle. Her daughter Sadie is kind of embarrassed to be seen in the car because... The ex-husband or the ex-boyfriend, the dad in the situation, has a new girlfriend and she drives this big old like Ferrari sports muscle car. So it's 
really cool. Um, but you can definitely tell, like, Sadie's not totally embarrassed to be, like, seen with her. It's just that she doesn't want to have more trouble at school because she's the type of kid that wears, like, bow ties and suspenders to school and gets picked on for lunch money and stuff like that. So doesn't want it exacerbated. But yeah, let's just jump into it. They flash back. They're showing what leads up to them robbing this bank. Basically, we find all three of these mothers, one form or another, have financial issues. Ruby has to pay for her uh, daughter's kidney and renal treatment. She has kidney failure. They're trying to get her on a transplant list. There's a really nice scene where she goes to, it's, you know, just a walk-in clinic. And they're so overworked there and they're understaffed. You can tell everyone's in there just to like for quick health support. The doctor's getting confused with which patients doesn't know the the daughter's name, and that causes a lot of issues. She's not even giving her the time of day because another nurse is coming in and stockpiling a whole bunch of more files. She finally has a breakdown when she's trying to speak about this medication. The doctor realizes what's going on and like kind of apologizes by just explaining, like, I know the medicine you're talking about. You're talking about this, right? It's $10,000 a month for just like a monthly prescription. And Ruby's like, we'll see if we can get it together. And he's like, okay, I hope so. We'll try our best on her. And so he has a nice little touching moment. So you can see all these characters are human. They just make mistakes. (laughs) Then we get to May. She's working at the grocery store. We get introduced to the manager, who is a guy named Boomer, who's played by David Hornsby, who you guys may know as Cricket from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And I was like, ah, Cricket, what's up, man? You look less (laughs) disfigured than any of your other performances. And he's definitely kind of like the creepy manager or the creepy asshole manager. Annie, played by Mae Whitman, she's bending over. She has this quote-unquote tram stamp tattoo that says all you need is love on on you know her waist side and he sees that and he's like hey you should come to my christian get together and you know she's like no i'm good and he's just being a dick about it he's like i'm a born-again christian you know i'm not drinking anymore blah 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 you're like ah you're a kind of person that is trying to get brownie points for trying to be better but not actually doing the Mm self-improvement then he's like hey guess what this is this is a counterfeit hundred dollar bill that came out of your till so that's going to cut docked out of your pay because it's kind of a lead that he did that just because he she turned him down for like drinks and a meetup and everything and he's she's like oh come on man we barely get minimum wage he's like sorry that's security this is coming out of your paycheck i mean and then they have a joke about the security and the security shows this guy just literally sitting playing a Game Boy in a chair next to the doorway. Like he literally doesn't do anything. It's a grocery store. So they're like, okay, well, and then they go to a diner. Ruby's working as, you know, a waitress there, a hostess there. And they have a quick conversation together. And then they joke about robbing a bank. Annie's case the joint she knows all the information she's like oh i got the serial numbers filed down on the guns and then ruby's playing along with it beth is like freaking out but then they're like oh it's just a joke we knew we just wanted to see how wound up you would get about it beth is like the perfect you know mom she does see that there's some weird credit card charges so she goes to (laughs) the way she finds out about the credit card charges is she's getting uh, a wax a bikini wax and the card gets declined halfway through so she only gets a half done job uh so that's the joke there she goes to find out what the costs were and it turns out there was some lingerie purchased and so she's kind of suspicious the joke 
it, we're kind of trying to figure out what it is. Turns out her husband is actually having an affair with the actress in the commercials for his used car lot. The actor of the wife is Matthew Lillard, who <laughs> who is my favorite boy too, Dean Boland. He does a really good job. And then the other, the mistress is a girl named uh, Sarah Paxton. She was in a couple of other TV shows that I remember. The main one I remember her from was she was in one of the Halloween Town movies from Disney mm. way back when. But um, yeah, she kind of plays the the dumb ditz who wants to make it in Hollywood and wants to be an actress and everything like that. And is, you know, screwing the boss. So, um, we get that set up and then we find out from the affair and from her discovering that, that when she went into his office, she found out that they're like three mortgages behind. So like, they are like in default at this point. So they may lose the house. They've got four kids. They have no money in savings. Dean made some bad financial decisions. And she's like, well, I'm taking care of this from now on. Goes to the other two ladies and like, okay, let's do this. And that's pretty much what sets it. It's like, she's the leader. She's like, yes, we're going to do this. We're going to case it. So they have it all planned out. Then we get to the actual robbery. That's basically the whole first half. It's just some flashbacks between the robbery and now. We get to the robbery. They're doing pretty good organizing. They all are using like fake guns. They markered and sharpied up the toy guns that Beth's kids have. They're wearing like ski masks and, you know, making jokes that they're all Deadpool and stuff like that. Wearing, uh, wearing you know, kitchen gloves and stuff like that. <laughs> Beth even is trying to calm down one of the little children. Uh, there's a mom and a daughter there. And she's like, hey, do you like Doc Mate Stuffins? My daughter loves that too. And it's like, uh, hey, Deadpool, we need to get back to doing this. Uh, and it's just too perfect. Annie takes Boomer, the manager, to go get the money because she knows where it is. He's taking too long, so he pushes him, or she pushes him out of the way, and she bends over, and that's when Boomer sees the tramp stamp again, and he's like, hold on, wait a minute, and they take all the money out, and the security guard from before is coming back from like a lunch break or something. So he's like trying to run, but he's a bigger heavy set guy and he runs out of air trying to catch him and they run out the back doorway and he's like almost going to like pass out. He has like an asthma attack and Boomer's like, get them. And he's like freaking out because he doesn't know what to do either. Um, then we cut over to them counting the money. Uh, Annie typically knew that most grocery stores or places like this only carry about like you know, $30,000 in cash or something like that. So they're like, okay, cool. Do we get the 30,000? And she's like, oh, we got the 30,000, or I mean the 30,000 or 300,000. And like, cool, how much we get? It's like, well, this is the amount we got, the amount she estimated. And then she pours bag after bag after bag of cash. And it's like, this is how much we got. It's about a half a million dollars. <laughs> and they're like, what? <laughs> and so... Turns out there was a little bit more give than there was take from that estimate. And so Beth and Ruby are both like, this is some shady shit. Ruby especially is like, we got to return this or like call the cops because this is some shady, shady shit that's going on right now. And they're like, oh, well, we're just going to tell the cops, hey, we robbed the store, but there's a lot more money than we expected. And so they're like, OK, we're going to sit on it. We're not going to do anything with it. We're just going to cover it. And everyone's like, okay, okay. And then they're looking at Annie because they know she's the impulsive one. And they're like, yeah. And she's like, I won't, I promise. And then the next scene is she's got a sports car picking up her, her daughter. So it's like, hey, you want to go for a ride in the cool car? It's got leather interior, heated uh, coffee cups. And uh, she got Sadie a 
new iPad because her computer busted and she found out from the husband who that was another thing is uh, the husband is or the ex-husband, I think Greg is his name. He is fighting for custody for Sadie, him and the girl, uh, new girlfriend. So Sadie's doing this to make sure she has enough money to pay for the lawyer for the next week or for when they go to court and then has all that stuff. So she's spoiling her right off the bat. Then Ruby goes to this very fine, like, you know, private health uh, spa area, and they're giving her all the attention she wants because she's spending like, you know, $10,000 each month for this, and then they get her all taken care of. Uh, The renal treatment's going good. They're on the right medicine. There's more life in their daughter now. And then Beth goes back, pays off the mortgages, has that, gives the mistress like a few thousand dollars in cash and says, go to Hollywood, do your thing. I'm not mad at you. I'm more, or I'm mad at you, but I'm more mad at Dean for no, cause he knows better. You're just, you know, a naive little girl who got taken advantage of, but she still hates her. <laughs> cause she's like, Hey, here's a tip of advice for you. They take one look at a girl like you. That's dumb, pretty, and you know, is desperate. And they think she'd be great at porn. <laughs> and that's the advice she gives her and then leaves her off takes a car from the car lot and drives off with it just a, as a big fuck you to Dean and takes off every like takes off like a sign and everything like that too. Then we get back to them like going back to have like wine night or something and lo and behold there's gangsters in the kitchen and so they have to they get uh, so I guess Beth comes in alone after doing grocery shopping and it's one of the guys we actually had in a previous episode that we mentioned from Graceland. It's my boy Manny Montana, who is going by the character Rio. And yes, he definitely plays a completely different character than Johnny from the other one. <laughs> so yeah, turns out they were using the grocery store as a front for some of their money. We don't know in what uh, scheme it is, whether it's counterfeit or drugs or whatnot, but they're like, hey, you got our money. And they're like, we're sorry, we'll give it back. It's like, oh yeah, you give it back. That'd be great. And then they're all like, well, minus some. And they're like, oh, that's not going to fly. We need all of it back plus interest. Otherwise, something may happen to everyone and you may not like it. And so they desperately try to scrounge up everything and they still are missing stuff because apparently when you buy a car up front, you don't get all the cash back if you return it the next day. And you know, spent money on treatments, they're still missing some money. So they're short by like $100,000 or something like that out of a half a million. And so they're at Annie's place. And at this point, I guess I'll, I'll throw back to it too. Boomer by now had found out that, you know, Annie was involved. Approaches her is like, hey, well, I'm going to report you to the cops. And they're like, no, please do do that. And he's like, no, nah, no, nah, we can be friends if, you know, you and I spend some quality time together you know what i'm saying and so she's about to go through with this but sadie's there and so boomer leaves kind of frightened off by a kid being there and so they're counting the money at annie's place they're like well we don't know what to do and then they're suggesting why don't we just rob another place to fix the problem like no that is a terrible idea we have to figure something else out ruby leaves to go be home with the family Ruby gets home and she finds out her husband didn't tell her, but he got promoted to, I think, a more full-time police officer uniform outfit. So 
foreshadowing, we got a cop that's involved now, an official newly involved cop, and a and a wife that is in desperate need for monetary issues. Hmm, suspicious. Probably going to be good foreshadowing. Then we cut back. Beth is staying with Annie. Beth is taking a shower because she just needs to, you know, de-stress from everything. She's kicked out Dean at this point. He's living in a hotel. It's just her and the kids in the house. And now she's worried she sent the kids to be with Dean because there's gangsters involved now. She can't have the kids in the house. So she's taking a shower. Boomer shows back up and is drunk and is like, hey, we need to bang right now. I'm not leaving, you know. And he doesn't take no for an answer and says, and and he's like this is not a good time and so he's like well too bad and he throws he throws himself at Annie and she's screaming and no and it's it's getting to a kind of a graphic scene but then Beth was in the shower she jumps out grabs a fake gun and is protecting uh Annie from everything Beth gives off this speech and she's just like letting Boomer have it like you're a terrible person there's terrible people like you in the world and we're just trying to get by and blah 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 and Boomer's like really scared for a moment. He's going to leave. All of a sudden he notices that some of the Sharpie is coming off of the muzzle and it's showing orange on it. He's like, is that a fake gun? And Beth is like, no. <laughs> it's like, are you sure? And so he literally is like, go ahead, shoot me then. And literally puts the gun in his mouth and he's like, uh, and then he wipes off and the Sharpie all comes off. He's like, okay, I'm going to go call tell the cops now. And they're freaking out. Um, and then I think, if I recall correctly, I believe it was Beth. She grabbed an item of some sort and whaps uh, Boomer over the head as he's leaving the apartment door. And he comes back and he's stumbling and he falls down on a on a glass coffee table. And from what we can tell, he's dead. And yeah, they check the pulse. Boomer's dead. He's he's out like a little light. And they're like, oh, what do we do now? And Beth at the tagline end of the episode is like, well, I'll tell you one thing. We're not calling the cops. <laughs> so that ends the first episode. So what'd you think of it? I really enjoyed it. Again, I think if Mae Whitman is in anything, I'm definitely going to watch it. So it was just a good excuse for me to watch the show is just because I, again, wanted to see something with her. I, I loved her and, you know, Scott Pilgrim. I loved her yeah. and you know, Perks of Being a Wallflower, all those shows. She's really great in there. They had such a good, vibrant cast, and I'm excited to see if they obviously keep most of their side cast available. So I, I kind of hope David Hornsby isn't... I hope Boomer isn't fully dead and they just maybe misread the pulse or something. I'd love Boomer to still be in it. From what I've kind of seen from like just little promo stuff, it does look like Manny Montana stays in it, so the, the main gangster leader stays in it. I didn't see anything about matt lillard staying on so i hope he stays in there too but yeah i like the whole cast uh retta is really cool i love her in in a lot of things too she's just she's vibrant and she has a lot of energy and she can bring a lot of like you know humility and like somberness to a, a character that is still taking not taking life too seriously kind of like uh christina hendrick's character so it's a good dynamic between all three yeah, I think the chemistry between all three is established really early on, and it's never like an awkward, for a pilot episode, mm -hmm. you don't have the awkward dialogue between the three of them, so you know where they stand in the relationship almost immediately. Mm -hmm. And they, sure, Christina Hendricks is always going to be that badass boss mm -hmm. bitch kind of character. Not always, mm -hmm. I shouldn't say, but that's what she gets typecast as, rocks the, it really the well. The stern woman, yeah, the stern, rigid role lady, yeah. And I think you're right, Retta. Since most of my experience with her has been through Parks and Rec, where she mm -hmm. is this very aloof, funny... She's a comedian. Like, yeah. straight up, she's a comedian. Mm -hmm. And as characters, you continue to watch the show, 
I, I you know, of all the moms going through these mom struggles, mm-hmm. she is the one that I feel like just gets gets the I don't know some some tough shit, right? She's just mm-hmm. doing the best that she can, and she has mm-hmm. these really good emotional moments that feel so genuine. Right. And I think that's the great thing is based off of their like motives and everything they give really good justified reasons for them like pulling off a bank heist and doing this stuff and obviously you know shit goes sideways and it doesn't work out as planned but it's, I'm, I'm excited i'm definitely gonna probably continue with the show just to see how things go from what i've seen from like you know just like promo pictures and stuff like that them stacked around dollar bills i'm assuming you know there's going to be some drug involvement here and i'm definitely thinking on their end they're going to be doing more of the counterfeit stuff they kind of led that in with boomer like saying oh this is a counterfeit dollar so that's how they were getting away with having all the money marked is because it was getting dismarked because it was all weirdly counterfeit so he was slowly slipping in money to help uh discard or spread the uh the bankroll almost or the ledger and have you heard of laundering money before yeah, I, I know of lot. I, I know vaguely how it works. I'm not an expert in it in any means. Why no, would I? Why would I want to launder money? Why are you get? Where are you getting that? Actually, wow, is this getting really warm in here? Wow. Well, um, oh God, yikes! Uh, it's okay. We can go over the cover that I study crime. Therefore, I can say talk about crime. It's not suspicious whatsoever. Don't be suspicious. Don't, don't be, be suspicious. suspicious. <laughs> so yeah, no. The it started with like actual laundry mats, and the idea is that people. Criminals would approach businesses or start businesses that were cash only, so that way they could lie and say, oh yeah, we took in this much money, and they can have a paper trail of it saying, oh yeah, no, Johnny Sue spent 50 bucks. Maybe they really only spent 25, but then he put 25 of that dirty money into it, and it becomes clean money. So Mm -hmm. Breaking Bad does it too, like that's what they're doing with the car wash. So that's what the supermarket's involved in, is laundering money. And it's a good idea. It's like, hey, no one really suspects a, you know, a grocery store to have all this money. That's interesting. And so, yeah. Oh, laundering counterfeit money. So, yeah, you're, you're laundering, right about yeah. the, the counterfeit thing. So I wanted mm-hmm. to elaborate the laundering in case there's people mm-hmm. who weren't aware what laundering is. Yes. This show for me has, like, a lot of those big heads for me. Like, it has badass women characters for mm-hmm. various reasons. Very human. Very... None of them feel trite. Like, they all have no. their reasons and they're fleshed out and... And it's not like even like any character is per se shrill when they could be or anything like that. They're all very like balanced. I I, I like it a lot too because, like I said, that first scene it's her giving away the food and everything like that to the kids, and then when the husband grabs his bag, he says, "I love you," and she says, "There's tuna. It's a tuna sandwich. Be sure to refrigerate it." She doesn't say anything. She kind of just has a fake smile and gives away, and you're like, "Oh, that's kind of interesting." off the bat in general and then this is after they've already had the discussion i'm taking care of the finances because we're gonna fucking lose the house so Mm -hmm. it's it's an interesting way to pander to it yeah i think you're right like that unnecessarily shrill or i think particularly beth is the one that could easily fall into the quote-unquote skylar effect Mm -hmm. yep but also doesn't because she just has to fucking maintain her Mm -hmm. home maintain some kind of security for her and her kids And again, I like that scene where she's like, do you like Doc McStuffins? Because it shows her she's like, she's not like cold mom. and serious. She's like, she's a mom first, even when they're robbing a bank. It's like, it's okay, honey. My daughter loved Doc McStuffins. And then Red is there like, yeah, we watched it all the time in the clink. Right? <laughs> right? That's the only thing they would let us watch is Doc McStuffins in, in jail. <laughs> 
So I, I, oh goodness. Oh, shoot, I had a good question. What was it? Well, Go while ahead. you're thinking of that, I this kind of alleviates to me too. This came out in 2018, and it gives me a lot of vibes of a movie called Going in Style, which uh, Zach Braff directed, and it had Morgan Freeman, Michael Caine, and oh no, uh, Sorensen, I think uh, Alex Sorensen. I'm spacing. Out. I feel bad. He's a really great actor. He was in Get Smart and a lot of other things too, but. I really like that because it's the same kind of setup as like, it's not these, you know, hardened criminals that are pulling off these heists. It's people that are either in very desperate need or they have nothing to lose. Like in Going in Style, it's three retired men who are getting bought out of their homes if they don't pay like so much money. So they're like, well, we can either pull this off or we're going to be in a retirement home and wish we were dead. Or if we don't pull it off and get arrested, they'll still serve us three square meals a day. <laughs> so they're like, we got nothing to lose. And so it reminds me of that a lot. And the comedy beats for it, too. And like, you know, the the, the humaneness of it all. Yeah, I, I think there's an interesting way to explore crime in a way that breaks stereotypes. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, criminals are mean and stupid and the scum of society. It's like, no, sometimes people just do shit. To survive. Mm, yep. And it doesn't necessarily make it right, but it just there's different motivations and it isn't always what you think it is. And it isn't always the people who you think are criminals either. Right. It could be suburban moms mm-hmm. just having to lift the car off their fucking babies. Like it yep. is. It's that type of mentality. That's why it relates so much to weeds. And that's you also like it because it's a good heist movie, too. I'm sure they get into more stuff like that, too. So heist, 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 heist. heist. <laughs> Community heist, heist, heist. <laughs> We need to plan an elaborate heist. <laughs> I remembered my question. Okay. Yes. Was it weird for you to see fucking Shaggy be a dick? Yes and no, in the sense that I remember seeing him in, in SLC Punk. And I oh, didn't okay. like, I did not like his character in SLC Punk, even though he's the main character in that entire thing. It is an interesting thing to see him kind of, you know, as a more suburban type and. I think the main thing is we don't get a whole lot of exposure to him except for like maybe two or three things. They definitely downplay it. Like he's fairly absent for a lot of it and they kind of work that in there. So I don't, I didn't necessarily consider him a dick in the sense like, Oh, I really hate the guy. But also it's like, Oh, you cheated on your family and you've done this. Yeah. You're a dumbass and a dumb fuck, but he didn't give me off like rude dick vibes as much as that. He was just a idiot. (laughs) So Maybe that's maybe that's what it is. I didn't. And as he's played like, you know, airhead or himbo characters before, I think it kind of falls in the same boat. He's like, sorry, I was thinking with my dick, not my brain. So I'm trying to think. So obviously Scooby-Doo uh, without a paddle. And then what mm-hmm. was the hack one? Was it just hack? Hackers? Hackers. Hackers. Yep. Yeah. Hack I'd... the planet. Hack the planet. Yeah. Oh, goodness. So um, if, and he was in, I mean, and he was in Scream, too. That's the other thing That's that right, I remember Scream. him. Mm-hmm. Um, so Matthew, how do we pronounce his last name? Lillard? L- uh, Lillard. L- 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 Lillard. Matthew Lillard. Lillard. Matthew Lillard. Mm-hmm. Uh, he actually is a huge fucking nerd. He was on Critical Role recently. Oh, really? Uh, he, yeah, he did like, a, a, like a, yeah. a Shadowrun fucking or some kind of sci-fi one shot with the crew. He mm-hmm. runs his own, I want to say D&D accessory mm-hmm. site or something like that. And he interacts with the fans pretty regularly on Twitter. Yeah. Just a mm-hmm. solid dude. So. Yeah. He's got a golden heart. I really like him. He was on a podcast that I listened to inside of you with michael rosenbaum and he i think he's been on there twice now if i if i remember correctly but he talks about like a lot about how 
he has had a lot of anxiety and like personal issues, but he's pretty much decided to take like a back burn from acting and does a lot of more like teaching and stuff like that and being with his family, which I think is really cool. Like he discusses with that a lot. So it was kind of surprising after listening to that podcast, like maybe five months ago to see him in a show like this. I'm like, oh, damn, that's cool that you're still I mean, obviously still acting, but that you have that availability and everything like that. So, um, but yeah, and then he even I saw a tweet from him lately. Uh, by the time this is recording, the new Scooby-Doo movies coming out and everything. And he has this whole thing where he's like, hey, I hope you guys do really good and everything. I hope wish you all the success. I'm really excited for you to have like a digital release, you know, just so, you know, families and kids can see you. And there's someone was like, this man has a heart of gold because he found out that he wasn't going to get the Scooby-Doo role only when they decided to announce the cast list. So he was like, either he went for it or they just didn't even approach him for him so like oh hey you know will forte is gonna be Why? gonna be shaggy he's, he was such a good shaggy yeah i, I know understand. it's like i don't know i mean and he's got a lot of stuff and again it might if i if i think correctly he may have just stepped back so maybe it wasn't even a thing that he's like no nah, you guys get someone else to do it i'm kind of you know just not wanting to be in the spotlight as much and mm-hmm. i can't obviously speak for him but go to listen to that podcast and maybe you can you know cite it correctly or hear what he said correctly more than i can i'm not his agent so but yes god bless matthew lillard he was also in wing commanders i think with freddie prince Jr. and that is a good movie too oh, classic 1990s 2000 oh what what an era what an era oh. for cinema yeah. i'm not gonna say it's good but what an era what an era <laughs> oh it's so it's it's so what happened to dialogue in 2000s that, like know, no man. writer could fucking do it? it, it you had to have a catchphrase. It, it, you just had, everything had to have a catchphrase. After Top Gun, someone had to say something innocuous about like on the wave to danger or something <laughs> like that. That's that's what it's all about. Well, I'm I'm really glad you liked it. It sounds yeah. like you've enjoyed it and I can't wait for you to watch more. I So season 1 came out and I was desperate for more mm-hmm. this came out 2018 right yes 2018 and now we're in 2020 and they're on their, they're recording their fourth season so they've been able to maintain each year but i somehow like was desperate and then i blinked and now there's four seasons like what yeah. the fuck happened yeah so- i've seen they've got all these episodes i don't know how long i mean i've seen all these seasons i don't know what the episode catalog is if it's like a full serialized or if it's only like 10 episodes or something like that i wasn't too sure and i i didn't even check i know so but I, i've watched the second season okay. the second season was coming out and then they said that third season was going to be released soon and basically as soon as i finished second season third season released and i was already on to something else nice. but so yeah. i finished the second season and what i can say is i have a concern because i feel like the story wraps up in season two and they're going to do what weeds does and keep pushing yeah. and i'm like why we why? had you didn't need to do that I right before we started recording, I I got on their IMDb just to make sure I had everyone's names and like the correct credits. But um, I did like look one of the trailer clips, and it does look like they whatever the wrap up was or anything like that. It's like oh, they're all trying to get by again, and then they're gonna go back to a life of crime. So they're pulling that you know classic shtick where it's like I'm retired. It's like you can't retire. (laughs) One more job, you son of a bitch. I'm in. You son of a bitch. I yeah. yeah, I I'm concerned for season three because season two had a real solid finale. And it also makes me wonder that that season two finale, maybe they didn't get greenlit by Netflix and that's when oh, NBC picked them up yeah, for for maybe. third season. Because like it felt like, oh no, you could end it there. Just just cut it there. You don't you're not oh oh there's a season three. Okay. Oh there's okay. a season four. Oh god. Oh, all right. 
So I mean, I, I, I'm sure at our finale episode of our season two, I'll have some kind of more yeah. feedback on it. But they must have some pretty decent writers if obviously they're carrying on. And then also it's television. If it's if they have a good thing going, they're going to milk the cow until it's dry. But I'm trying to look at anything else. Um, the creators, Jenna Bands. Let's see here, folks. You're going to get an insight okay. to how my brain works. What, she, what what does she do? Okay, she um she's a producer for a lot of shows, obviously. So Good Girls. Ooh, she's done a lot of co-producing with um Scandal, Grey's Anatomy, very much that kind of like family centric. Oh, Private Practice. Okay, a lot of that stuff. So yeah, she's a writer for a lot of that too. So. It, it speaks volumes to like that network television capability, you know, Grey's Anatomy, ABC, all that jazz too. NBC, mm-hmm. yeah, makes sense. Good, good idea. Good, good writing from what I can tell. So, so let's see. Out of how much money did they steal? Thirty thousand, three hundred thousand, something like that. We'll say thirty thousand. Okay, out of, thirty thousand. Out of thirty thousand counterfeit dollars, <laughs> what would you rate the show? Do I get to keep the money? No. Oh. No, it's counterfeit. It doesn't matter anyways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> out of 30,000? Jeez. My brain's trying to figure out the percentages on that right now. It's ridiculous. <laughs> oh, I never do that. I'm just like, the vague number. <laughs> I watch a lot of other shows or podcasts that have like a rating system, and then they're like, oh, geez, what's a solid B plus or something like that? <laughs> it's like, uh, out of 30,000 counterfeit bills question is is if they're one dollar bills or hundred dollar bills well that's besides the point just a number i would (laughs) no now i have to think about it uh out of out of thirty thousand, i would give this a solid like twenty seven five hundred okay all right twenty seven thousand five hundred that's a solid it's it's good good eighty percent good you know eighty five percent there wasn't really anything that i didn't per se like about it i think it's not obviously the type of like genre show that i'm like absolutely obsessed about Mm -hmm. but again it's got may whitman got a good cast and characters i'm here for it i'm i'm gonna watch it it's on the it's on the netflix queue do you think you would have watched it if i hadn't forced you to probably not in all honesty actually like i mean again i probably didn't really know that may whitman was in it until like i started watching it and then i looked it up but yeah, it was one of those shows that I saw. I was like, oh, good girls. And it, you can de- definitely tell based off of the promo stuff. It's like, oh, they're not good girls. They're bad girls. And I'm like, yeah, uh, I'd say if I was like really bored and I really wanted to distract myself from the lingering list of my other streaming shows that I still haven't watched, this would be a good distraction for me. So it's probably going to get put on the list. It's definitely going to be on the back burn because I always go back and rewatch Community or Scrubs before I do anything else before <laughs> I decide to say, hey, I've got all these other shows that I haven't watched yet. Maybe <laughs> I'll watch an episode to every two of that show I do. <laughs> so Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, again, I, I had a feeling this wouldn't be uh, something that you had seen or that you'd rush to go see. So I'm glad I right. can expand a horizon. Yes. Thank you for for stretching the bridges. That's what I do. That's what that's what first is really about. Uh, um, I, I try not to give really shitty pilots. I really try not to. Every now and I mean, again, sure, it's fun. I mean, again, like, I think at this point in time, you've only given me Midnight Texas, which, <laughs> I mean, I forgive you for. But again, it's not something that I am going to go out of my way to do. So, <laughs> right, 
forgot about that already. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, I was trying to think of other shows that you've given me, but out of all of them, that's the one that I had the most questions and like logical <laughs> loopholes that just baffled me. Yeah, I remember after throwing that one in and be like, oh yeah, this is the this is the prank one. This is the one yeah. I'm just fucking with. Yeah, no. yeah, just like haha. <laughs> give, give him something weird. You have to watch this now. That guy's fucking beard. I swear to God. <laughs> It'll drive oh me insane. Goodness. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and listen to that episode. <laughs> go go look up Midnight Texas Dude with Beard. and Dude with Beard. Duh. Well, I think I'm going to keep on trekking for uh, our mom. Our mom talk. This is our mom yes. episode. We yes. Could have had this released during Mother's Day, but fuck that. Funnily enough, yeah, we're, I mean, it's, it's around the time, like, it's not before, definitely, but it's after, so, I mean... We'll just release it next year during Mother's Day. How's that sound? You're probably not wrong. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Yes. Sorry. Enough about the bad girls, good girls, mommy talk. Let's talk about some other bad girls. Okay. So. The show I gave you is a show that I saw vaguely right before or during when we were planning episode assignment. I was like, oh, hey, we got to pin this in because I just watched it and it's really good. So I uh, requested slash demanded you to watch Working Moms. For all of our promo or in our show notes, always make it sound like we're bullying each other into this. It's just like, yes. hey, do you want to watch this? Yeah, okay. Do you want to watch this? Yeah, sure. Just, we're, we're pretty casual about it. Yeah. But, okay, Working Moms. So this was written, directed, and starred in by Catherine Reitman, who, you know, you probably don't know that name, but we fucking do know her as, for some of us, is fucking Ponderosa. Uh, Maureen. Maureen Ponderosa. She Maureen Ponderosa. Oh my god. So Hey, look at that. We got two shows that have a relation to Always Sunny. <laughs> only we could only we could do that. <laughs> it's seven degrees to Always Sunny with Ethan yeah. and Alex. Yeah, so there was the first time I watched this, a small gap or a small period where I had to like not imagine her and cat surgery makeup. <laughs> so for those of you who don't yeah. watch It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, is that uh Kath or Marine Ponderosa and that show identifies as a cat and starts doing plastic surgery to make herself look like a cat it's a whole it's a whole fucking storyline y'all i don't have time for this right now but let me just say that she is hilarious in that role so when i saw that she was starring in this too i was very excited despite my like trying to get over it's always sunny in philadelphia so now that i know and that i found out like oh shit directed starred written I'm like okay this is starting to make a little bit more sense again the way the story flows, it definitely had very much of a female writer perspective on things. Hey, wh- how'd the episode start? <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, okay, imagine this. Uh, so you have this pretty brunette woman talking about her boobs. She is bare-chested, although you can't see anything, right? She says her shirt's off, and then she's talking to her two friends. But, so, they're there talking about their boobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, oh, yeah, you know, I used to feel like, or I feel like I used to be a fancy show dog, and I didn't know what I had till it was gone. And someone else is like, yeah, you know... It could be worse. They could be better. And they're kind of just these three women are talking about their boobs. And then a camera pans out and you see all their boobs. And you now know 100% what they're talking about. And it's just, that is the first three minutes of the episode is them talking about breasts. You see women's breasts and them just kind of like, <laughs> oh yeah. Then it turns out uh, they're in like a mommy meeting where it's all these new, new moms with their new babies sitting in a circle, having just finished breastfeeding. So the leader is like, you know, maybe after we're done breastfeeding, we can cover ourselves. Which starts up this whole, like, kind of snarky snip fight between everyone. It's like, 
oh yeah, I wasn't even feeding my kid, says the, oh, I wish I could remember their names. I know there's Frankie and Kate. I can't remember the redhead. Uh, Frankie, Anne, and uh, Kate. Kate, Anne. Is Anne, Anne, is, Anne is the redhead. Okay, thank you. So mm-hmm. Anne, the redhead's like, oh yeah, I don't even have a kid. It just looked freeing. One of the rando moms like, that's weird, Anne. You're weird. <laughs> like, just being very sassy between the three of them. That being your opener, the leader's like, okay, but how about we talk about those who are nervous about going back to work? And Kate, who's our kind of our main character, feels like it focuses on all three women, but Kate seems to be the focus of the story. It's like, you know what? I am nervous because I want it all. I want to be the perfect mom. I want to be the best at my job. And that's just is really overwhelming and nervous. And I don't know how we do this. And then Frankie to her left is like, yeah, um, I, I have an open house too, and I'm nervous. Uh, I also might have just a smidge of postpartum. And I feel like this is maybe a good time. We probably should put a trigger warning for good girls too, but like this is a depression suicide talk here. Or she's like, you know, I just, I just was driving in traffic and I really hope that a car would come over and just ram right into me or drive into traffic and makes this like horrible sound effect, which is this ongoing thing. So whenever she yeah. starts describing death, it's just like this comical but sad overreaction sound mm-hmm. effect of these cars colliding or whatever yeah. else is happening. And so, and then the person who's leading the thing is like, oh, that sounds serious. She's like, oh, no, no, I'm not suicidal. It's just like, I want a vacation. I want just like a little break from it all. Like 10 days, maybe 10 days. (laughs) 10 days, a week, 10 days, tops. And then Kate's trying to support her too. Like, oh, yeah, you know, she's like a vacation. Like, she's not, she's not depressed or anything. It's just, just, you know, a vacation. That's what she's talking about. Just a, and then like Frankie jumps back in. Just a brain dead vacation. (laughs) (laughs) Just a brain dead coma. (laughs) Well, I am not a mom. I don't know what it's like to have postpartum. I do know what it's like to have depression. And boy, did that resonate really big with me. Of like, yeah, you know, you don't want to die. You just... And this was a conversation I've had with a therapist in the past, too, is when those intrusive thoughts said, I want to fucking die. Your brain is just being an extra bitch. And it wants that feeling to go away. It wants stuff to end. It doesn't actually want to die. It's just that's the dialogue it has learned. When in reality, you just want the feeling to go away. So, like, I got it. Oh, yeah. By the way, I just want to go ahead and mention this. I was watching this with my father uh, from the beginning, straight from the beginning. (laughs) Perfect. So also he starts laughing. Like it's just is a I feel like a shared experience with those who have experienced those feelings before. It doesn't matter how they come across. Right. Mm -hmm. And then it cuts over. And this is going to be our story. We're following Kate as she's going back to her first day at work. The other two stories you're going to find along the way. There is Frankie, who has this open house and is constantly fighting these depression issues. I think I can almost wrap that up entirely. So the cutaways that happen for for Frankie is that she's trying to convince these people to buy this beautiful house and is doing a bad job of it because she's dealing with her own stuff right now. So like someone's like, oh, yeah, there's a lot of planes. Is that is that common? Oh, are you worried about the passenger door falling down through your bedroom window and killing you in the middle of the night? Yeah, that's totally a death. Like easily. You guys won't even know what's happened. There's a point where she like literally has her head in the pool and someone runs out to rescue her. And she's like, wow, what a peaceful way to go. <laughs> and it's yeah. just like, this poor woman is having a time. And really what people tell her to do is go wait outside of the house. Go wait outside the house. Like mm-hmm. whatever it is, deal with it elsewhere. Yeah. And I'm like, that is how we handle mental health mm-hmm. in yep. America. <laughs> like hey you're scaring all the guests go sit outside talk to your wife on your phone see how the baby is <laughs> and the first time i watched i missed that i missed that they called each other babe or at oh, least yeah. that i that mm. it was a romantic babe 
Right. You you thought it was like maybe a nanny situation or something like that. A friend a watching friend the kid. Watching the, yeah. yeah. And then mm-hmm. it was the second time. I was like, oh, no. Oh, that's their, their relationship. They're partners. Yep. Cool. Mm-hmm. Cool. Awesome. Um, which I think is maybe the downside of this episode is that we really don't learn a lot about Frankie. We learn a lot about Anne. We learn a lot about Kate. I feel like Frankie kind of gets the short end of the stick as far as story. But it's the first episode. You have 24 minutes. You do what you can. Right? Mm-hmm. So that's that's Frankie's story. I can also sum up Anne's story real quick, too, is that Anne is uh, going to the doctor. Turns out she's pregnant. Oh, and her last kid, she just had her last kid eight months ago. So it is super soon. They already have two kids. She and Kate go to lunch at some point to talk about this. And Kate's like, you know, they're all our alternative methods. And Anne's just like, what are you talking about? That's like, what? why would you even mention that? And she's like, well, there's no reason to ruin your marriage and break the bank on a whoopsie, which I thought was the most real conversation that. Oh, yeah. I, I, um, yeah, no, like that's, that's some real friend talk right there, particularly mm-hmm. between women of just like, nah, yeah. don't fuck uh, up your life. No, yeah. My, some of my coworkers have that conversation and I stay out of it because I'm a man. <laughs> so, so I, I give the awkward, awkward comment every now and then just for the, the comic relief. And then I let them about their business talk about that stuff. <laughs> I, I, um, and then, like, that conversation she's having with Kate too. She's just is really overwhelmed because on top of that is that she has to start stop taking medication, which is clear that she has some kind of mental health cocktail that she's taking because her husband, you find out, is a, is a psychiatrist. So the doctor is telling her like, oh, you have to cut all kinds of medication. And that's clearly going to affect her to do that and have another kid. So it's not just, you know, ruining the marriage, quote unquote, breaking the bank. There's, like, there's a real personal element to it, too, possibly. I'll I'll touch on it too. I don't know if they necessarily described it in that first episode, but Kate is also, or I mean, not Kate, Anne is a psychiatrist as well too. Is so she okay? They're both psychiatrists. I think what they're alluding to is that her she actually smokes and everything. And I think this is placed in Canada too, so I believe that like she uses like I believe like marijuana or weed for okay. like relieving too. I think they touch base on that later, but that's just some information to give you after the fact. You're like ah, fill in those holes. <laughs> It makes sense. I, they said other forms of medication. I'm like, oh, yeah. so she, I, originally I thought she was talking about alcoholism or, or weed. Right. And mm-hmm. then find out I think that, it. Yeah. Maybe it is that. Maybe I just read deeper into it. Or maybe I just was the two-dimensional like, ah, weed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I also pretty took it at face value once I found out at least that the husband was a psychiatrist. And mm-hmm. knowing this, moms, you know, like, you got to do what you got to do to do the thing. Like, I, I wasn't judging whatsoever. It just was, I took it at pretty face value. Also because Anne wasn't the main character of this episode. It was a, right. a, in fact, that scene of the doctor, I had to rewind and watch two or three times to understand what was going on. Right. So they do this lunch. Anne goes back home and is nervous to talk to her husband about it. And it is this pretty funny scene where it's like the kids are gone and he's like, what's wrong? She's like, I don't want to talk about it. And the very next scene is him in the chair doing the therapist position while she's on the couch. And he's trying to get her to talk about it. She's like, I don't want to talk about it. Don't worry about it. I'm just going to take care of it. And starts eating like M&Ms or some kind of candy. And he's like, oh, you hate those unless you're ding, 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 pregnant. Which is one of my favorite tropes in TV. It's like, oh, you Mm -hmm. hate that. Oh, no, you're pregnant. So, uh, he then goes on this weird speech, and the first time I've I've had vibes on both sides, right? Where like the first time I watched it, I was like, "That's kind of sweet." Second time I watched it, like, "That's kind of weird." Like I can't quite decide what I think of husband. Yeah, he's he's being supportive, but at the same time, it's kind of like he's 
overly excited for this to be the case yeah it's just weird mm-hmm. so he gives a speech about like no this is great that you're pregnant because it's great for me and i think that's what i don't like about it. I was like you being pregnant is great for me because mm-hmm. when we got married you were out of my league so i had to get cooler when we wanted this house i had to have a better job so i got a better job yeah. so every time there's there's a difficulty i grow i'm a grower he has this fucking disgusting line i'm a grower <laughs> i'm a grower and it's like cool. I mean, it's on one hand, you love your partner enough that you and you have the motivation to keep advancing yourself, but also to take this horrible toll on a woman's body to be like, oh, this is great for me. Yeah. I can't wait to see how I grow out of this experience. Yeah, it's like hey, supportive, this is but be, not. Yeah, it's like it's like hey, this is going to be really stressful for everyone involved, you more especially. But I'm gonna become better for it yeah it just was a weird yeah. and and it's something i didn't want to put a whole lot of weight into they're clearly trying to define a character in one scene and i'd be mm. curious to see how that develops throughout the rest of the show that actor i really enjoy he's a really good character throughout the show continue it seemed like heart in the right place but also maybe just quote unquote dumb boy syndrome like not realizing the shit you say sometimes and how how it comes out not vague you not you ethan mm-hmm. um so that's that that's that, that's Anne's story. That's I think is literally where it ends, is that she decides maybe that she's gonna have this abortion and that he's like, no, don't have the abortion. Yeah. So those are the two side characters. Now we have Kate, who's going back to work. She works in marketing, and she was the top of her her game before she got pregnant. But she's trying to say goodbye to her kid. She has this nanny who's Filipino. And very, Kate's very nervous to leave. She's turning off the news, talking about how there's a bear, a Kodiak bear in the park. And she's like, ooh, maybe we shouldn't go to the park today. Hans is, is, is trying to get the kid to Rachel, who's the, who's the nanny. But also, also, I'm just having a hard time with it, because it's the first time leaving the kid since maternity leave. And it's the husband who's, this husband's being a super shit. And it's like, why don't you speak to our kid more often? Hey, if you don't leave, they're going to fire you. Like, just a fucking prick. And she eventually goes with the kid, goes to work, and is trying to do this thing, this work balance. Like, I'm going to be home for bath time, but I also want to go do work. So goes to work. Boss, super supportive. Not not even like weird creepy boss. I was waiting for a weird creepy boss to come up. In fact, I was waiting for a lot of weird male characters to come up. And on the whole, they didn't. They really didn't in the workplace. So oh, yeah. boss like, we're happy to have you. Then she makes some quip too, like as she gets invited to a meeting. And she's like, I just want to know when it's over so that way I can get home for bath time. He's like, huh, I'm more of a shower time person myself. And you can tell he's being very tongue in cheek. Like he knows what she's talking about. You have no idea if he's a dad, but he's an older male figure. So you kind of get that feeling that he probably knows the way things go. Yeah, He's he's a he's an older white gentleman, too. So he's kind of like towing the line of like, I think he even has a joke about like HR in there or something like that, too. And it's like, ah, yes, I, I'm relating in, you know. <laughs> we're we're co- we're co-workers and everything so i'm trying to not make this weird <laughs> exactly but as they're talking she uh, they make some comment too like oh so i heard there's a room for breastfeeding yeah it's my office and her office is all just glass so like there's no Pink privacy glass. for it mm-hmm. and he's like okay yeah i'll probably use the bathroom blah 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 they're talking 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 and then new guy shows up and he's the vp of the company and he is already leading the next big fish for their company, right? There is a dairy farm that's looking for new PR. 
And Kate is the one who wants to lead it because she's like, I've never felt more like a cow in my life. I think I got this. Mo is the is the new VP who comes in and does that kind of just schmarmy thing you'd expect someone to replace. Like he's clearly some big up and up. She knows who he is from other companies, from other ads. And they kind of go back and forth verbally sparring, right? Yeah. And he's just like, oh yeah, no, I wouldn't. The only way I'd leave this office is if there was a fire. Just needling her for being a fucking mom, which is mm-hmm. shit that happens sometimes. But- it's a competitive thing or something like that, you know? Like, Yeah. And since you've been gone, I've been on top. <laughs> <laughs> and and she handles it with grace. Like, I don't think she like ever really snaps. There's again, wit involved, but it's nothing bad. But she is assigned as a second for this for this meeting. And she accepts it. She's happy about it. Like there's no weird things going back and forth. She gets introduced to her new assistant, Rosie, which I also am curious about because Rosie is a bigger girl, red hair, has this kind of quirky personality that reminds me a lot of, oh, the redhead, kind of bigger girl, and Star Trek Discovery. Okay. And I'm wondering, I'd have to go like do timelines, right? I'm like, I wonder if that character was doing really well. So they were like, oh, let's do a very similar character type. Sure. Over there. That's just pure speculation. It might be because I watched that recently and there's <laughs> enough of an overlap there that it feels similar to me. But just she's... need another conspiracy board. Exactly. I like, I need another one, right? <laughs> But so she's like this very nervous assistant who's just trying to be sweet. And Kate's not a bitch either. She's just, you know, doing her job. There's a point where she goes to the bathroom to pump milk, gets a phone call. It's the bathroom. So she hangs up the phone, tries to rush back to her office to call them back, spills the the breast milk that she has pumped over top of the notes Mo center for this dairy farm meeting that they're about to have that later that day. On it was a sticky note that Rosie wrote saying, hey, the meeting got pushed up to three instead of four. She misses it because she was off having lunch, then went to pump milk, just wasn't there to see it. Milk spills, ruins the note, but uh, she hops out to go to talk to Rosie to get some paper towels to clean up the spilled milk. That's when Rosie mentions, oh yeah, the meeting's been pushed up to three. Oh shit, it's 3.20. Why didn't you tell me? I wrote a note. She rushes inside to try to pat down the stuff still, sees the note, throws it in the garbage. Goes to the meeting, shows up late, and there's Mo mid-pitch doing this awful fucking pitch for this dairy farm. of like, you know, we figured since cows and women are so similar, we're going to go like this maternal way. And dairy farms are sweet and nurturing and like trying to equate dairy to like mothers. And the woman who's leading this this farm industry or this this company, her husband recently passed away. So the company's now in her name is not having any of it. And she's clearly waiting for the meeting to shut down. But Kate shows up just in time to save it. She's like, you know, there's more to it than just this. What we're thinking is, and I think she's flying by the seat of her pants on this as she's saying that the, the woman's not liking it. But she has done her research in the, over the course of the day. She's like, we want a story. We want more than just animals. We want, we know that you have been, you were, you were raised on a farm. When you were seven, you were up milking cows. The biggest thing I could do was make nachos at seven. Doing a good job of like being self-deprecating, but praising her for her efforts and clearly showing that she's researched not just the company, but the person. Saves the day. The, the, the woman who owns the farm likes the idea a lot, goes with it. She leaves, and then the boss is like, wow, great save, Kate. Good catch. Hey, Mo, in the future, remember, client's like a narrative. And I really, 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 it's like one of two big parts of this episode that I thoroughly appreciated. 
Because in most shows, this is the point where the woman would lord it over the guy or be a total jerk about it. Instead, no, like, it's not the competition thing. She's just like, hey, it was a really good idea. We just needed to take it a step further. Did not talk down to him. Did not. It was It was just, it was encouragement and instruction. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was so stand out in the way that we write TV nowadays. Whether it was a guy to a girl, girl to a guy, whatever that power dynamic yeah. would be, whoever came out mm-hmm. right would be a fucking prick, right? Mm-hmm. And this was just as a whole, the boss wasn't being a dick to Mo. She wasn't being a dick. Like it was just a very constructive moment. Mo being upset throws his pen and storms out, which I would say is probably pretty typical in that sense. Mm-hmm. But also didn't say anything mean to anyone at that point. I would say, like, from my perspective, I think she did mean it in an earnest sincerity. But at the same time, again, this is from my point of view, and they have that kind of like ribbing competition between each other because they know they're both good and they're kind of like vying for the same position Mm -hmm. as like top dog. And I think it I think there was a little bit of like not necessarily a patronizing, but like a little bit of like a slide like, hey, you did pretty good, man. But like, you know, kind of like showing the ropes like, hey, rookie, you did a good job, but. I'm better and, you know, you can learn a two thing or two from me. But again, it's it's not that she lorded it over or anything. Mm-hmm. It was like, yeah, gave a couple of like like little popular or constructive criticism and they went with it. But I think definitely as the episode progresses, you'll probably say that you know they have a um, they definitely have a rivalry between each other, a little competition between each other. And I, I guess my thing is I'm definitely not discounting that. I just think it's handled so much differently with a lot more respect yes there's a absolutely. lot of respect between the two of them mm-hmm. despite the rivalry when we are usually taught if you have a nemesis you fucking burn them down you crush them you put them in the dirt and they <laughs> anyways i i'm okay to talk more about this because that's the other big moment i have this that is mm-hmm. exchanges between kate and mo Mm-hmm. So after this happens, again, I, I'm explaining these stories out of place, right? There are overlaps that are happening between Frankie and Anne and Kate. It's just easier to mm-hmm. streamline one story at a time. A, B, and C. Yes. So later in the evening, our, oh, there's a small scene where Kate's <laughs> looking at her phone and seeing pictures of her baby and her baby with her husband. And then the nanny, Rachel, sends her a, a video. And there's the baby dancing, so using the couch to stand up and says his first word, bubble. Which, thank goodness, the fucking camera was there to catch the first word, right? But that is such a huge moment, obviously, for any parent to miss the first word or be there to hear the first word of their kid. And it also sounds like this is Kate's first kid. Doesn't seem like there's any other kids around. Mm -hmm. And and so uh, there's like this little moment where she realizes, oh, I missed this. We bounce around a little bit. Later on, you see it's evening. It is dark. She's at the table and they're all eating takeout food. And they're doing the thing, like, what do you expect? Kind of that gentle ribbing of co-workers, people who've been there for a while. There's a new kid they're poke- poking fun at. There is the Mo and Kate who start kind of picking at each other again. And Kate goes a little hard, to which the point the boss was saying, hey, Kate, you might want to back down. Like, ha ha ha, this is funny, but we're getting uh-huh. close to uh, not funny. Having to, having to have HR get involved here. <laughs> yeah, and of course, it's always interesting that the woman gets called out first, right? Because when I watched, I was like, I don't think what she's saying is any worse than what anyone else is no. saying. No, because they were making jokes about the one other guy in the meeting and his like, you know, love life or sex life and stuff like that. And she, she, you know, she's going along with it. Because but it's from, it's from a different point of view, so it's like awkward for the men. Yeah, like so. So Mo 
um, I think it brings up the joke first of like, oh yeah, shouldn't you be home with your kid right now? Because that was the big thing, right? She said that she was going to go home for bath time. He's like, yeah, shouldn't she be home with the with the kiddo or with some priorities you have? It's like he starts it, right? And then she goes back to like, you know, my kid's not suffering. The kid's living the good life. You remember the good life, right? What you breastfed till you could tie your shoes, right? And that's when the boss was like, okay, stand down. So you could tell like that was ramping up. And he was like, oh, no, 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 no. We need to cut this out real quick. And then there's an awkward pause because she listens, right? She's like, all right, we won't keep, we won't keep playing this game. Pause. And then Mo keeps going. Has your kid called the nanny mommy yet? Does she like that? And I'm like, dude, dick move, dick move. Rough. And... She, like, kind of nervous laughs and then starts crying. And not, like, ugly crying, but audible crying. And she's trying to remain professional. And all the guys are, like, stop what they're doing, (laughs) look at each other. And they ask, hey, are you okay, Kate? And she's like, yep, I'm fine. I missed my kid saying its first word today, but I'm fine. This is fine. And the boss says, Kate, you can go home. To which Kate says... No. And she's like wiping away her tears. I want to work. Which when I say like the second moment, like I'm even giving goosebumps thinking about it. This was such an illustration of a good workplace, in my opinion. Immediately, the guys put down their food and grabbed papers. Like rather than giving her shit for wanting to be home or working harder so that she could get home. They're just like, okay, no, we're past fucking around. There's Mm -hmm. things we can help out our our person by doing mm-hmm. our goddamn job. Yeah. They weren't like coddling her or anything mm-hmm. like, no, 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 seriously, go home or anything. She said she wanted to work. And then they're like, okay. Guess it's work time. And I think when we think of like ways for guys can respect girls, right? That that in itself is so powerful is not coddling. Like, nope, listen to what they say and don't belittle them for their choices. Like that's just so, that's, that's so hugging hard. Yeah. Um, but it is apparently. <laughs> I and I just I remember those. So the I found it interesting that in this twenty four minute cl- or clip, this twenty four minute episode, those were the two scenes were workplace scenes, and seeing those written in such a way that the boss wasn't being creepy or weird; he was being respectful, and that the rivalry between Mo and Kate was so well written. At least in this first episode, mm-hmm. I can say. Mm-hmm. That there seems to be a lot of respect there. Because even then, even when she starts crying, Mo apologizes, like, oh shit, Kate, I'm fucking with you. Like, I I crossed a line. I'm so sorry. And it's not just like a, oh, Kate, I'm sorry. It is a, oh, oh, yeah, I'm an asshole. <laughs> that was my bad. Forgot to check my privilege. I'm sorry. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> so Kate's story ends with her running through. It's like the next day with a stroller running through the park. There was an establishment shot, but this is something she does on the regular at the beginning of the episode. But here mm-hmm. she is going through the park with her kid. And you hear a trash can get thrown over, and there's the fucking Kodiak bear. And you see her stop and get wonderful acting. Just that look of paralyzed fear, the tears bubbling up. And I'll be straight. I thought she was going to ditch the fucking kid. <laughs> I was waiting for it. I was waiting for this whole buildup of how much she loves this kid and how much she adores this kid and can't like struggles oh, with no. work and have her fucking cheese it. Just bolt. But I don't know. I think that would have been an interesting story point to yeah. Right. Like, end on yeah. Oh, that, that mother 
those mother instincts aren't always there for people. And mm-hmm. again, I can't speak for the rest of the show, all four seasons of it, but that's that's something some people do, that they have kids and they just have no maternal instincts for the kid. And that's not bad or wrong. It's just some people don't have those. So I was waiting for it. I was waiting for that moment to happen. It doesn't. And said it is also another very powerful moment where she stands between the bear and the kid and just screams like clearly screams all of her frustration all of her overwhelmness all of her anxiety just gets screamed at this bear and the bear of course well trained turns tail (laughs) (laughs) jumps down you know kind of huffs and and turns away and again shrill bloody scream right so naturally Mm. there's another runner on the trail a guy who runs up to her like oh my god are you okay and she turns and screams at him too and he's like oh shit (laughs) and he books it out and it, the, the episode ends with her turning to her baby who's fucking asleep in the stroller and trying to calm it down and being like, no, no, it's okay, it's okay. And starts humming the song the nanny sings, even though she doesn't know it. Even though she hates singing, she's still trying to comfort her child in the way that she feels like it should be comforted. Mm-hmm. And then it hits credits. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I just, uh, I liked this show a lot more than I thought I would. I was expecting way more sitcom laugh track kind of humor i guess mm-hmm. and it wasn't that at all <clears throat> at all yeah it you you thought it was going to be like these outlandish like there are certain ways you can play comedy obviously and when you first kind of see it you think they're going to do some like weird wacky hijinks mm-hmm. with the stuff like that and then then it's the second question is like wait they're supposed to be moms where are their kids in this and they're actually in the show very prominent in it so Oh, yeah. sorry. I guess one, one more note, because I think it's important mm-hmm. for Kate's character development in this episode. Mm-hmm. It's like there's a real quick shot of Rosie trying to clean up her desk, being Kate's desk. And Kate has fished out the garbage, out of the garbage, the note that she threw away and wrote a new sticky note saying, Rosie, it'll be cl- I'll be clean here on out, Kate. And so like owns up to the thing that she did wrong. Because mm-hmm. she also accused Rosie after she threw the note away. I don't have time I'm to fucking writing. yeah. I don't have yeah, time play to, your games. I I have bigger things to do, and I'm I, I'm better than you. And how dare get you. your shit together, Rosie? Yeah, get your shit together. <laughs> so I like that that we had that moment too of the, mm-hmm. the one real female interaction that you had besides the friends were two females mm-hmm. arguing with each other, and Kate apologized again. That's just good writing that really mm-hmm. fleshes out female characters in more ways than just being competitive moms. So with this show going forward, uh, do you have any kind of idea where they're going to lead onto the show from here on out? Oh, God, that's the thing. When I found out there was four seasons, I was like, what the fuck do they talk about? Yep. As as we are recording this, like this fourth season, like just came out like a month ago. And I finished this, the third season like back in January. So I think they don't necessarily have like a full year in between each season. I think it's, you know, shorter production because it's a streaming setup. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, they have got... Four ten episode seasons. I'm gonna guess. Uh, Kate probably has issues with her husband. If I had to guess, <laughs> <laughs> not this season. Not I'll this tell season. you that much. Yeah, no. It's just like it seems like that character that that little brief bit. I'm like, okay, well, that's that's um out of the the partners that we saw, that seems to be the one who's the least supportive. So there's probably issues at home with that. Um. I'm curious to explore more about the the lesbian couple and how if they talk about what it's like being a, a queer parent set up and difficulties mm-hmm. that may present. And I think Anne probably does a lot more 
not that Frankie's isn't about internal growth or anything, but it seems like Anne has a lot that she's struggling with internally mm-hmm. that affects kind of everything around her. If you continue with it, I can't wait to see your reactions uh, with her older daughter. She has a daughter that's like about like, uh, you know, uh, 10 to 12 years old. Mm-hmm. And so Ooh, she's, interesting. Uh, she's a firecracker just like Annie is. And I don't know what it is about like characters like Annie where they're like cold, but they're also a little bit like sensitive <laughs> and stuff like that. You know, it's it's just something and just like I can be independent, but, you know, I do have a soft side. I just don't let anyone see it. <laughs> so those I and... So those INTJs and the ENFP, that is what that couple especially is. And so, like, that's why I related with the husband so much. I was like, that's me in any relationship right there. Like, oh, my God, I'm going to do so much better for you. It's okay. We'll get through this. Like, just being that, like, that type of, like, energy and stuff. Like, it's okay. We'll we'll figure this out. I love you. Eat shit or something like that. I love you, too. <laughs> I, I think part of the reason I was so attracted to the show is, again, they're, they're these full-faceted women. So it's easy to relate to all of them. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like I can see my own ambition in Kate. And I feel that, that anxiety panic of, oh, God, what do I do? And Anne. And I feel like that depression state. And Frankie, like, currently, these are all things I can really relate to, even though I'm not a mom. I'm a young woman. And I haven't encountered these challenges yet in life. But I imagine that they're not going to handle a lot of things with grace the first time around. It's a lot of lessons learning. and. Yeah, I, it's hard for me to predict a show like this, right? Because like, there's not a big bad that mm-hmm. isn't a monster mm-hmm. of the week. It, I, I think it's just a lot of in, internal turmoil. And I don't think there's probably a lot of them. It's not like Sisters of the Traveling Pants. I, I'm going to guess yeah. it's not a whole lot about the friendship. It's a little bit. It's a little bit more crude than I, than that, I think. <laughs> obviously, so well, and, the way they talk, the, the way they talk with each other, obviously. And I, I, just, I don't think. At least the vibe I got from the first episode is that while they sh- they are friends in each other's lives, they don't necessarily are codependent on each other to solve their problems. It's just that they'll be mm-hmm. there to give certain insights. It's not like Broad City where like they do everything together, right? It mm-hmm. is more like there are adult women with family that they also are lucky enough to have these friends who kind of get what's going on, who clearly have been yeah. friends for a very long time. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, out of, let's see here, there's four seasons. So out of out of four Kodiak Bears, <laughs> what would you give this show? Oh, God. Okay, so my knee-jerk was to say four out of four. I really enjoyed this show. I, it's not often hyped shows I understand fully or, like, you know, there's a disappointment. Nope, it lived up to the mm-hmm. hype. I really enjoyed it. I thought the writing on it was fresh and clever and not in a preachy kind of way. Which is also mm-hmm. the big thing too, right? Which yeah. I bitched about during Dollface. So I was like, you can, right. you can <laughs> be forward thinking without throwing it in my fucking face. And I think yep. this show did a really good job of it for the pilot. And I, I mentioned I watched this with my dad. He left at some point, not because of the uncomfortable like female humor or anything like that. It's just it, it was the secondhand embarrassment humor he doesn't really enjoy. So he was like, oh, yeah, okay. no, I'm I'm going to yeah. peace out. But he was laughing along until that point. He's like, I'm just not in the mood yeah. for it today. I'm like, okay, that's fine. And, and so, again, I think you have a, a female-written show that's able to grab the attention of masculine personalities. I just, I think it's a really solid, solid show. Um, I'm curious to see how it folds out. I'm a little nervous, right? Like, how do you maintain a show like mm-hmm. this for four years? Does it stay good? Does it at some point tank out, jump the shark? But I'm excited to watch more. Like, 
I mentioned earlier, it has been almost a month since we recorded it, and I've been really excited to watch more of the show, and I've always been very good. I never watch anything more until Follow the rule. Yep. until we do the episode. Until we record it. So mm-hmm. now I can sit down and watch it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I guess at this point, I, I think we're kind of halfway through our, our queue of lists. Mm-hmm. Do you want to do like a halfway check-in point? Like, hey, where are we at on those other shows? Is there anything... We could, except that I don't think I've really watched much. We mentioned I've, I've watched Harley Quinn at this point. Mm-hmm. And I got to see Ethan recently. Yeah. And we watched poor Harley Quinn together, and that was a lot of yeah. fun. Yeah. I think the other show that you messaged me, obviously, and I think we talked about it too, was you finished all of Fleabag. Fleabag, Doom Patrol. Those have been the ones that I've yep. dove hard on. Yep. What about you? I don't think I've like <laughs> continued on with any yet. It'll probably be like something like we get to like the last two episodes. I'm like, oh, I do want to watch these episodes and I want to have some conversation about like, you know, our recap episodes. So I just I yeah. seriously watch too much TV. I can let you know stuff I've watched up to this point. Mm-hmm. We So before mm-hmm. we record, usually Ethan and I have this moment of like, oh, hey, what have we watched this week? So we don't bog down the stuff. Not that you guys don't want to hear, but our editor, no. our poor, poor editor. And... <laughs> I can go through, like, if there is a hot new Amazon Prime, Hulu, Netflix original, I probably have watched it within the first 24 to 48 hours, straight up. Right. Mm. I just have, like, a badge of honor I wear at this point. If if it's if it's meant to be the hot shit, I, I probably have watched it. So stuff mm-hmm. like, was it Hunters on, on Amazon Prime? I haven't watched that yet. Uh, Upload prime watch that yet. i'm watching mrs america currently i'm gonna be watching the great <laughs> yeah like uh, the great is good i i watched the 1984 american horror story season i watched i just God, I haven't i haven't been i haven't watched horror story in such a long time i, I fell off that wagon I, I, pretty quickly i'll have a lot of thoughts about american horror story when, when <laughs> during our finale it's just um People who are in my life who care about me worry about how much TV I watch. I just. <sighs> yeah, but you also w- watch it in the background of a lot of projects that you do. I do. And I, that's a huge thing. And what I do with my life is that uh, I started in high school where I'd come home, I'd do homework, and I'd watch HBO in the background. And so mm-hmm. I have conditioned my brain for a very long time that I can have something on the background and do a multitude of other things. So if it's making graphics for the network, if it's doing anything Photoshop related, I yep, I, I usually am doing two or three things at once at any given time. I am shaking my head at that. I cannot <laughs> I have to be fully immersed. I am literally that person. There was a tweet I saw at one point in time. It was like, other people say Netflix and chill. But if you're going to invite me over for Netflix and chill, then you better hush and not try to make moves on me because I'm watching my goddamn show. Because I am in it. <laughs> <laughs> and I would say, like, depending on the show. You watched Harley Quinn with me, right? Mm-hmm. I, like, I barely checked my phone. Like, in general, I feel like if we're watching TV together, I'm like, oh, the very least I can do is watch the thing so that we can have a conversation about it. Well, and we obviously it's nice to watch TV with people, too, because then you can have like those quick, like, yeah, little like sentence banters about like a, a scene where you have the good laughs together and stuff like that. But I mean. I just can't do it in the background, like, unless it's, like, a show I've seen five times. And even then, I still distract myself from whatever I'm doing if it's on the television. I, it's bad. <laughs> There's some things, like, if I'm doing anything writing-based, I if writing-based or if I can't do it while I'm editing audio, or if I'm writing school papers, I can't do it because I, I will get distracted. Because I can't mm. think of what I need to write and then listen to words, like, It's Always Sunny, which is usually my background homework thing. Mm-hmm. Can't write during It's Always Sunny. Yeah. Weird. 
But so there's times where I'll pause it and then jam out some stuff, start it back up so I can do some research and go back and forth on that. But yeah. Nice. Nice, nice. So I do. I watch an unhealthy amount of TV, which I think if anyone goes back and re-listens to first season one finale, Spencer did a good dance, but I think I watched almost double of what he watched. <laughs> Same amount of time. You're like, <laughs> you're like, nice, nice try. Thanks for, thanks for playing. So, so I'll be curious. I'll be curious to see how you stack up against me. Oh, the pro. Don't, don't worry. <laughs> I will probably most definitely catch up at some point. It's just, I like I said, I go back and rewatch other shows, so... The thing that surprised me the most is that I feel expected to be binging through TV shows during quarantine time, during our nice COVID thing. I've, yeah. I've barely touched TV, honestly. I've been focusing the, on other things. I've gotten in a slump where, like, I do watch television or I'm watching, like, the weekly serialized stuff. And now that we're at that point where most of that has run out, I'm like, I, I don't want to go back and rewatch anything mm-hmm. or, like, w- start anything. I'm, like, not in the mood for it. So I'm, like, playing more video games than anything. I'm like... I could be catching up on, you know, the latest season of this, or I could finally start up this. There's been a couple of shows I've done that with, but not a whole lot, surprisingly. But doing more YouTube and video games. Weird, right? Just a weird phenomena. Mm-hmm. Now that we can't Strange we concept. Wanna. Yep, exactly. It's that reverse psychology in effect. <laughs> well, I really enjoyed I enjoyed this week's episodes. I'm glad that you enjoyed Good Girls. I loved working yeah. moms, and I'm excited. Let's see, next week we're doing Shameless versus United States of Terra, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be great. I say next week, next release. We're doing next release Shameless mm-hmm. and United States of Terra. So I'm very excited mm-hmm. for you to see that. I've been. This is one of those shows that uh, it's one of those shows that I have. <laughs> Sorry. Thoughts? <laughs> Thoughts. Um, I always want to talk to people about. I'm desperate mm-hmm. to talk to people about. The only other person I know that's in the show is my mom. And I love her, but I can't have that same kind of level of discussion with her. <laughs> and, and so I, well, <sighs> I, hope I, can, I, can, I hope I can do it justice. I'll, it's definitely going to be something that I always watch my TV shows on the weekend. And so like, or on my weekend, which is like, what? doesn't matter when we send this out. It's typically a Tuesday and a Wednesday that I have to myself. And that's my binge days if I do anything. So, <laughs> Well, it's 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 going to be interesting. And even if you don't like it, it's okay. I just need to I, I shove it at a lot of people. I'm like, just watch this. Watch this, this is just like show. Me. This is just like me and like Swamp Thing. Like, I need people to react to this. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's going, going to CW, right? That's what you told me? Yeah. Yeah. I, I saw the news like... Again, they're doing that thing where they're like, oh, and I think this is where I think DC Universe is maybe going to get a little panned out because they pushed their Stargirl show to also be released on CW. And now they're like, hey, we're serializing Swamp Thing on CW. So, hey, let's uh, let's get Swamp Thing uncanceled so I can watch more weirdly good but horrible writing slash trash slash cinema. We all have our shows. It's facts of life. Swamp things, swamp things got me. <laughs> swamp things got you, huh? Yeah, that damn swamp dad. Now that is also a shirt title right there. Yep, swamp yep. things got me. Swamp things got me. <laughs> <laughs> well, Alex. Uh, <laughs> on that note, should I uh, close this out? <laughs> yeah, I appreciate you talking movies with me. I appreciate you talking movies Not with me. TVs, yeah, so, TV, I guess. <laughs> so hey, gosh, okay, let's promote some stuff. 
Yeah. And let's see, if you like the sounds of our voices and what we have to say, you can find us on Twitter. You can find me at Roll for Alex. And you can find me at uh, E-T-A-Y-S-C-H-A. That's E-T-A-Y-S-C-H-A. And of course, there's a link for those in the show notes as well. Basically, everything that I'm about to say right here, there's a link for it. Check the show notes. I work really hard. I spent about 30 seconds writing those show notes, so you should check them out. Read them. <laughs> Read them. And let's see. We have a Twitch channel, even though First doesn't do anything with it. I do some video game stuff on Twitch. We have a Patreon, and you can find all of our episodes, or at least the ones that we can... So I can try to upload. Weirdly, Patreon has a limit of how long of audio you can throw up there, but we do try our very best to put what? unedited first episodes for $5 a month. Oh, how else can you support us? Just, you know, talk about us. Just come hang out in our, our Discord. We have a lot of good times. Come hang out, chat. Give us your tasty memes. Tell your friends about us. Give us Word of mouth. a rated review. That helps us out a lot. Subscribe to us. All that jazz. I feel like I'm forgetting something. Am I forgetting something, Ethan? Besides our tagline? I think so. Thank the artist for playing uh, for their song usage. Thank you. You know what's so funny is that uh, I have forgotten that so many times that I've given John just a clip like, hey, if I fuck up or if I just forget, <laughs> just put this at the end, please. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just mash it in there. <laughs> but thank you to the Spin Wires for the use of the Astronaut off their album Nights Out EP. Or is it, is it album or should I just say the Nights Out EP? Mm. you can just say album all right ep's an album i was i wasn't sure i'm not a music enough person but hey that's it we got there at some point some point i'll get it right <laughs> uh but if anything join our discord follow us on twitter so you can tell us how wrong we are even though we know we're right yeah dun, 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 song.